0: welcome back to the common good here on am 1160 hope for your life alongside aubrey Sampson. my name is brian Fromm. really good to have you with us today and aubrey one of the things we love to do on the show is just bring fascinating people on with with unbelievable stories and with yeah. that in mind we are thrilled to be joined all the way from denver colorado by bikram mishra bikram Woo! how you doing today
1: I'm doing pretty good. That was a great lead in. I don't know if I'm well, too fast. Thank-
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you very much. I know this is hard to do in a condensed form, but tell us your story. Tell us your story that's then going to become uh, the, kind of the jumping off point into some uh, good discussion here.
1: Uh, sure. I'll be as succinct as possible. As you said earlier, it can get quite long, but uh, long story short, um, I wasn't a Christian Um a Christian. I was not raised in any particular religious belief system. My father's from India. He is Hindu uh, by familial tradition. My mom is the daughter of a pastor, um, but she never really kind of, quote unquote, pushed a particular religious belief system on us. Um, But when I was in my, excuse me, sorry, when I was in my uh, early 20s, I found myself spiritually seeking, you know, the higher things of life. I just felt like there was something more than kind of going to clubs and, uh, you know, running around doing what I was doing in my 20s. And uh, God got a hold of me. Unfortunately, in order to get a hold of a hardened heart, he has to break it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was trying to help people. I You know, had a pretty illustrious career, uh, I'll say, as a youngster, um, breaking the law uh, on lower levels, um, you know, partying, doing drugs, drinking, um, all the kind of dumb stuff. And um, I got sober and I was really trying to help other people get sober. Uh, Mm. One particular individual I was trying to help get sober was a violent um, alcoholic and mainly violent towards women, but definitely violent towards men. Tried to help him get sober by hiring him for one of the companies that I had started after I got sober, it didn't work out. Uh, within three days I fired him and he went ballistic, came to my house mm. went ballistic. Mm. Uh, I kicked him out a bunch of times. He returned a bunch of times. And at the end of it, um, it was uh, he was threatening my life. And I grabbed a firearm, a legally registered firearm, and I mean, it was a bad situation. I was fresh out of five years' worth of reconstructive surgeries. He was six foot one, two fifty. I was and am close to still am five foot eight, one hundred and sixty five pounds. You know, unfortunately, I went to fire a warning shot. Um, that's wow. the situation that escalated to that point in my home. And it wasn't a warning shot. I
0: mm. I hit
1: the guy, and with one shot, killed him. Um, and then I called nine one one. He turned around around the house. I called nine hundred one after firing the weapon. The police arrived, and due to my previous uh, run-ins with the law, they felt that I was a much worse dude than I really was, and they charged me mm-hmm. for murder. And I had to fight it in trial, and I got found guilty and went to prison for twelve years. Wow, wow. yeah, and uh, God used every single moment of that experience to break my heart. I am mm. not a murderer. Uh, that's yeah. the last thing on my mind. Um, of course now after spending 12 years in prison, I'm a little bit, uh, more uh, rough around the edges than I was, but (laughs) I definitely was not that, um, but God allowed it to come to pass. And I spent that 12 years, um, developing a very deep and sincere relationship with Jesus Christ as my Mm -hmm. Lord and savior. And then using Mm -hmm. that time to, uh, you know, process my trauma, rehabilitate, And then help as many men um, and even correctional officers, male and female around me, Mm. um, become better people. So I was teaching, training, leading, and mentoring throughout the Colorado Department of Corrections at several facilities during that time. Um, I was released after 12 years. And a few years after I got off parole, I received a call from the Department of Corrections asking if I'd be willing to teach college courses Wow. wow. Yeah, through my alma mater, Adam State University, in the huh. Department of Corrections. I got three degrees um, from them that I paid for wow. during that time. And Adam State gave me a job as a professor, business professor, and the Department of Corrections allows me to teach through, uh, much like we're doing now, video conferencing mm. in the department to individuals who are also now trying to become better people and And, wow. and you know, repair the the damage of their past. So, it's a That's it's unbelievable cool and it's pretty cool. I'm a bona fide yeah. instructor of business courses at a college, at a university, nonetheless, and I do it um, for people that are really trying to honestly and sincerely serve their sentences that they were given for the crimes that they committed. Mm. So, yeah, God works in. Amen. Mysterious ways, and that's about the shortest way I can say all that. (laughs) Wow,
0: Vikram, that is a powerful story. You uh, testified it in support of a bill in Colorado that was recently passed. Kind of signing this your your life into law, sort of. Can you can you talk about that to our listeners?
1: Absolutely. So the House bill um, is for um, nonviolent offenders. And it's to give them more time off their sentences. Uh, And as a lead in, I just want to say, I love our legal system. It's one of the best in the world. It has its Mm -hmm. flaws though. Um, A lot Mm -hmm. of people get charged for overcharged, right? They do commit crimes. I'm not justifying anybody's behavior and, and they do commit crimes, Um, but they get overcharged. Some people don't commit crimes and get charged. Um, And then they also get over sentenced. Uh, And you know, the thing about rehabilitation is that's what prison is for. It's to keep mm-hmm. the community safe, it's to punish the offender, but most importantly, it's to rehabilitate them because ninety-four to ninety-six percent of these people are going to be getting out and be our neighbors. Mm. So we can't just throw them away and lock uh, throw them away, lock them, away, <laughs> lock them away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just doesn't work like that, right? We put them in there. A lot of these people came from broken histories, broken backgrounds, broken stories. They didn't, They don't follow the law, a lot of them for a reason, the ones that are fully guilty of what they're in there for. Um, and, but then they get in there and under the pressure of punishment, they understand the errors of the ways and want to rehabilitate and want to change. So for the nonviolent offenders that are sincerely walking the line, following mm-hmm. the rules, Not causing any problems, don't have any write ups. They can get involved in college courses through Adams State University um, and other universities that are out there as well that offer college courses to inmates. And once they complete certificate programs um, or college credits, they get an education and learn how to become law abiding, great community Mm. citizens, people that I would have as my neighbor. So. Because there are a lot of long sentences handed out and because you have to have a carrot on the end of a stick, um, I fully support the bill that I spoke in favor of. And that is kind of reducing, not by a large amount to us, but for them, it's definitely a carrot to kind of mm. promote and probe yeah. that, that um, rehabilitative uh, pathway and and correction in their lives. And so that's, great. that's why I spoke in, in, on behalf. That's of awesome.
0: Of yeah. Love that. Bikram, before, before we let you go, um, help people understand, is it a common story where you see people come to faith in prison? And why do you think that is? Help people understand kind of the spiritual landscape of what happens within the prisons.
1: There's a joke. It's called jail as a joking term is called jailhouse religion. And even in prison <laughs> uh, amongst inmates, um, we joke about the term jailhouse religion. But in reality, uh, that's all that uh, religion really is, is hmm. don't you have to be broken in order to be receptive wow. to something higher than yourself. It's just wow. the way that God works with us because of the condition that we're in, all hmm. of us. And um, so, yeah, it's when you're broken and when you're down and out and when you've hit your rock bottom is when you start to look outside of yourself. Um, and so there is a revival going on in the prisons. It is where God's heart is. He's with every one of us, obviously. But if you open, I'm a Christian, as I said. If you open the Bible, everybody's has either gone to a desert or gone to a prison. Or-
0: totally, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes.
1: <laughs> it's, right. It's, it's where God can get a hold of yeah. us, and especially in this technologically advanced day and age, where we have you know all of our wants and desires at our fingertips, He needs to get our attention. It's not yeah. prison for everybody, but it is yeah. prison for a lot. And everybody's in some sort of prison if we want to take the figurative term. Mm. Um, and God needs to, to to get our a hold of us, get our attention. For me, that's how he did it. And for a lot of others, that's how he's doing it as well.
0: Oh, that's such an encouragement. Uh, Bikram, Mishra, uh, thanks so much for spending time with us. Your story is encouraging uh, and challenging, and we really appreciate it. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: I appreciate it. Absolutely. You're listening to The Common Good, AM 1160, hope for your life.